This is the Right Guys Podcast, where we're just trying to stay on the right side of history. And now your hosts, Josh Hammerling and Max. Welcome back. Another issue of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Josh Hammerling. And, oh, day two of, day three, really, or day seven. How many days has Israel been under attack now? When did it really well, start? Since How many Saturday. Days Saturday, since right? Saturday. Yes. Um, so, so they, so. as of right now, I don't think they've I've, gone in yet. No. Um, I don't think it'll make a lot of sense for them to go in at night because there's going to be very little light. That'd be very dangerous. But um, they're going to be going in any day now. And uh, completely justified. You can't. I, I was talking to Josh about this. If you take the Israel-Palestine bit out of it, apply this to any other country. If a country had to endure decades of just rockets, rockets falling on their civilian centers, they would be 100% justified in eliminating the threat. And what happened on Saturday, gruesome. The body count's still going up. I saw it increase to 1,200. Yeah. 1,200 um, Israelis found dead. Um, and the number of, of Palestinian terrorists that they're discovering in country um, is going up too. I think it's up to, they've killed 1,500 on Israeli soil as well. Um, it, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking what's going on. They're absolutely um, justified in doing this. And just so we're absolutely clear, I said this before, but since the since it's going up, right, you take 1,200 deaths and you multiply that by... They divide it by the population, 9.3 million. And then you, you take that and you multiply that by our population, 320 million. Proportionally, what happened in Israel would be the equivalent of a terrorist attack killing 41,000 Americans. That's, that's the proportional scale based on the, the population size. Them losing 1,200 proportionally is like us losing 41,000. So they have every right to be pissed. They have every right to go in. The question, though, is at what point do we stop paying for all of this? Mm-hmm. There was a, a flight, a military aid flight, Josh, that just landed yesterday in Israel, helping Israel restock its Iron Dome defense system. Great. They need it. It's being overwhelmed. They're running low. Fabulous. But at what point... Does that become a bill that Israel pays? Because Israel's not a third world country. They're not like Zelensky coming up with the empty bowl in their hands asking, please, sir, could I have some more? Like Oliver Twist. No, Israel's got money. Mm-hmm. At what point do they finance their own war and not the American taxpayers? Mm-hmm. Hopefully Joe Biden has learned a bit from his crackhead son and he's going to go the way of drug dealers. The first, the first hit Ooh. is free, yeah. but after that, you got to pay. Yeah, because we're not really giving them money. All we're doing is uh, just uh, taking on a bunch of debt for them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just all the negative. Well, how, how can we finance this if we're already broke? I mean, if, if we have money, why, why are we trillions of dollars in debt? You know what I mean? And I, I want Israel to exist. I, I do. I don't, I don't want them going anywhere. We've got to give them rockets, but I mean, I... We can't afford a war on two fronts. I mean, Ukraine. We've we, how much have we bettered away to that? And and yeah. we 
you know, we've got to think about the the war that war in Israel now. How how is that going to be uh, funded? I mean, logistically. And look what fifteen hundred people did coming across the Israeli border to their their groups. Just fifteen hundred. We've got eight million, fifteen million. I mean, you want to start counting the numbers? Yeah. There's whole armies that have infiltrated yeah. the United States. Thanks. So think know. about that. We don't know. We saw that uh, Hamas, Hezbollah. The Iranian mullahs, they are calling for global jihad now. Mm-hmm. So you got to always be worrying. Or is that a call for sleeper cells? We don't know. But we know that people have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border mm-hmm. with Israeli or Palestinian citizenship. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, that's where they, they hail from. We don't know. But, Josh, you, you mentioned the, the cost for the taxpayers. There's really a two way. There's two ways. We're going to get into this day. We're going to cover this because the lie that's being told to the American people on how much we're actually giving Ukraine mm-hmm. is is completely bogus. What, it's what really two. It's what? how much we're pretending that the ammo and weapons cost mm-hmm. to be able to sell it to the American people, which is deliberately lowballed. And then there's the cost that we have to pay to replace it. Mm-hmm. because for two years we've been told, oh, this is just old stuff. We don't need the same words. This is old stuff. And mm-hmm. now what we're realizing is it really wasn't that old. The primers still worked, still went bang. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the stuff was still good. The cost to replace it, though, stunning, stunning how high this is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'll cover it today. We'll cover it today. But the kind of thing where we're trying to sell it to the American people, oh, we only gave them $50 million, $100 million of armaments, but then we have to pay $7 billion to replace it. So at that point, what is the cost of that military aid? We're getting it's not, hit it's twice. It's not the lowball number. Yeah. But we're getting hit twice, right? We give it away to them. It cost us that originally. Now we're going to replace it. I mean, think about that. It's not like you're giving away and it's get, you're getting hit once on it, right? Like, there would, this business model would not work in any business you'd be a part of, right? Yeah. You give things away twice and have to replace it. You, you, you'll go broke. Or at least the way that you, you, you make your revenue is going to dry up. I mean, huh. American people stop working because, God forbid, something, you know, we face a jihad scenario here. What happens yeah. to our economy that pays for all of that, right? I mean, we're, we're, we would then turn into a war economy at that point. And it's not just arm. It's not just arms. It's not just ammo. I'm wearing some camo today in solidarity mm-hmm. with the United States Marine Corps, which is facing a shocking shortage of camouflage. They cannot get the Marines what they call camis. And now the Marines have always kind of been the redheaded stepchild of the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. They've always been the, the branch that gets the hand-me-downs, right? Mm-hmm. They get the stuff when the Army's done with it or when the Navy's done with it. But when every single branch changes its camouflage pattern at the same time, and the Marines are the ones left holding the bag saying, hey, I, I, I got nothing. Well, let, let me just play this video. This is some of the uh, Marine commanders released this video on Instagram talking about what they found out as they toured the uh, Pacific, Asian Pacific, and heard from Marines that they couldn't get camouflage. Primary challenge we see oh, oh, in the... Oh, sorry, sorry. Wrong one, wrong, wrong one, wrong, wrong. Uh, that's the... Oops. That's okay. They, they, they so both they look the same. they couldn't get camo? Like their clothes? Yeah, they, they can't get their clothes. Here we go. 
And Sergeant Major Ruiz and I just came back from the Indo-Pacific. Several themes emerged from individual Marines and units as we talked to them. The first was camis. I can't get camis. That problem is going to stay with us until the fall of 2024 when the manufacturer can fill the backlog that has been created after COVID. Until that time, local commanders, battalions, and squadrons are authorized to use frog gear or desert camis to mitigate. What we cannot have is a situation where a Marine is wearing unserviceable camis because that looks bad for the Corps, and we can't have a situation where that Marine is being given a hard time about those unserviceable camis. We're going to get this fixed, Marines, but it's going to take a little patience. So just just to reiterate what he just said, if you're a Marine and you need a new camis, yes. which can happen for legitimate reasons, right? They wear out. But they wear the out. Time. Holes mm-hmm. get blown in them. They get all yeah. disgusting, right? It, it's it, legitimate. They won't be able to fill those orders and get the official camouflage to them until the fall of 2024. So a whole year. A whole year, 12 months. And they're cracking down because what Marines were doing is they were going to Amazon or whatever online shipper was doing, and they were buying like what I'm wearing, which is something they just says approved, like frog kind of gear. Mm -hmm. And they were buying this and they were wearing it. Now the pattern was the same, Mm. but because it wasn't the official American apparel version because that's the manufacturer that makes it they're getting penalized for it so the official marine corps solution is to have a bunch of marines in the asian pacific area who need jungle camouflage or woodland camouflage to instead start wearing desert camouflage that's the solution can't have them going buying their own camis from unapproved sources much better to have the people serving in the Asian Pacific and in the jungles, uh, have them wear desert camo. Do we want them to have a big target painted on them? I don't know. You're in desert camis and you're in green and you see the big tan suits running past, just hit the tan running things. If they were being shot at, can we afford them? Is that part of the reason, part of the reason for the new camouflage that is getting rolled out is that the desert camis didn't even really work in the desert. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't really the, and like the digital you know like the digital like the yeah. they had this goal of a, it's just gonna be everywhere it's gonna be good everywhere no it doesn't really work anywhere yeah. you just look like a pixelated blob running down the street doesn't really right. work um so that's their solution so god forbid we actually have conflict in asia you're gonna have the marines fighting off the chinese and the marines are gonna look like they're they're in the wrong theater yeah i mean totally unprepared I- at what point are, have we, are we so broke or we can't get the materials to make our camouflage uniforms for our soldiers? We can. We can 100% get them. And the problem is that the contracts that were signed with American Apparel years ago are no longer possible because of things like inflation. So you heard them just say it's because of COVID. It's because of COVID. That's yeah. bullshit. They can't get these camouflage uniforms made because when they quoted them a couple of years ago, they could have done it. But today, the actual, uh, like the, the cost of the, um, the materials, right, have gone up 100%, 200%. Oh well, all of a gosh. sudden, all of a sudden, a contract that you lowballed because you wanted to get the military contract and you thought you'd make it up in the bulk, right? All of a yeah. sudden, that becomes unsustainable. 
And labor costs, labor costs have gone through the roof. I believe that, um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that American Apparel has a lot of its facilities in California. California is just is upping its minimum wage. Yeah. Um, why would someone work in an American equivalent of a sweatshop when they can make the same amount of money flipping burgers somewhere, right? Sure. So they can't fill these orders because inflation has made it impossible. But you hear those Marine commanders saying it's because of COVID. And the other excuse that they're giving is that it's because um, it's because these manufacturers are price gouging. That's straight out of the Biden administration. It's a price gouging. Yeah, that's one of their they love that term price gouging in times of, of of emergency. Oh, my gosh, man. So, again, the administration has made it hard just through inflation for our, our, our Marines, the tip of our spear to get camis. Yeah. That's brilliant planning. I, 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 I you know, plus those textiles, where are they coming from? I, I most likely China. I don't know. Well, they're, spo- they're supposed to be America. It's supposed to be America. That's part of the contract has to be American made. Okay. Um, so that's also part of the problem too. Like yeah. it's, it, it's COVID didn't cause a shortage of camouflage. <laughs> like How this long is a lie. Are they going to ride that pony? I mean, how long is it going Forever. to be available? And, and when Ten it runs out, when it runs out, they'll blame Trump. Right. It's Trump's fault. Right. And he, he caused a decade's worth of, of problems going forward. Here's oh the uh, here's the NPR article. Slow manufacturing and price gouging threaten the U.S. military arms race. Price gouging. So it's slow manufacturing. So blaming the manufacturers. Right. Yeah which we'll get into this as we keep going. It's shocking just how few manufacturers we have in this country to build the essential components. Because when you're building military equipment, it all has to come in the United States. You can't risk it coming from China or Japan. Um, Even simple things like ball bearings. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There's a shortage of ball bearings. And that's essential to everything. Everything that the military makes requires it. But they're blaming it. They're blaming on price gouging rather than accepting that their own inflationary reality that they caused through excessive government spending, handing out free money. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, just, just look at this. Like one element of inflation is um, is like it's called like pull inflation. OK. And so that's the idea that if all of a sudden people have a lot of money to spend the people who are selling that stuff will raise the price. So we saw that in the pandemic when people uh-huh. started getting $1,200 checks or however much it was. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, you started seeing retailers taking the $1,000 TVs and marking them up to 1200 because uh-huh. they knew that was exactly the amount of money that people had to spend in their pocket. So why sell it for 1000 when you can sell it for 1200 So that's demand pull inflation. That's a reality. Uh-huh. It exists in the arms industry too. If you know the United States military has to all of a sudden refill all of its uh, storage, they just gave away all of its munitions, all of its weapons, you know, and, and you know, they can only come to you for it. Well, yeah. Are you going to, are you going to build it for what it cost two years ago? Or are you going to price it accordingly? We have to price it for now. You, you've got all kinds of financial pressures you've got to face in the now, right? You will not be in a business if, if you try to remain under that price. Imagine what it must be paying in just insurance alone. All those businesses have to pay for the insurance of those workers. 
just the cost of, of materials has got to be through the roof, especially really like controlled materials. Yeah. You know what I mean? The cost of explosives, the cost of chemicals. I mean, a lot of those, those fabrics are made of, of a chemical cocktail, right? That's extruded out of this machine that creates a fiber. That is a, an artificial fiber, right? You've got to have all those chemicals in place. And the places fire, fire retardants, them, fire yeah, retardants, all that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's like it, if one or two of those places fails to make something, suddenly we have no supply. Of it. We have no manufacturing next. And how often have, have we said that really good economies are built by the middle class who have yeah. manufacturing jobs? It, 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 it's yeah. the lifeblood of nations, right? The middle class build it all up. That is how you keep a strong nation running. And it's all been outsourced, you know. And now are we shocked? Are we surprised? No, no. And, and it's been a concerted effort to do this. I mean, just look at this little guy. What's what, Josh, the bulk of this bullet, what's the bulk of the weight? Uh, the tip. It, it's got to be the, the grain of the lead. The lead. It's the lead. Yeah, it's, it's heaviest material. We cannot refine lead in this country anymore. In 2013, yeah. the EPA forced the Doe Run Lead Processing Facility to close saying it's too harmful for the world's health. You have to close it. That was the last primary lead smelter. We still have like secondary and tertiary lead smelters. Basically, they'll get a pallet of like lead car batteries and they can extract the lead from those batteries and make little ingots, right? But we in this country can no longer dig lead out of the earth and turn it into usable lead ingots. We can't do it anymore. Sitting on a ton of it. Which is crazy. We have plenty of these materials at home and we're not allowed to go pick them up. Imagine all these. It's driving me crazy. You can't get it out of the ground. Then you can't make it. Then you can't use it. I mean, and all under the guise of uh, you know protecting the environment, right? Yeah. It, it's like a plan where somebody's like, let's just make sure they can never make their own weapons again. Yeah. You know, so they started in the 90s. People are like, oh, you're crazy. They would never do that. But we're just seeing it all come to fruition. It's all being tied up in a nice little basket now. So the heaviest part of the actual ammo yeah lead what we send down range mm -hmm. what we rely on to kill the enemy we cannot stuff. produce that raw material we are limited to recycling or we're limited or we use imported lead Which that's the craziness like too bad for the earth to do it in missouri but it's fine if they do it in mexico sure uh, so that makes me wonder, and this is where I start getting really conspiratorial. I look at World War II when you had scrap drives. Remember these where yeah, had oh, yeah. everyone turning your scrap to fight? Yep. Scrap, that was the strength. That was how you contributed to the war effort. People bringing their steel pans, their aluminum, their rubber in to get melted down and, and turned into something useful for the war effort. If we wanted to fight a war right now and we became unable to source lead internationally, we would have to have a lead drive in this country. That's crazy. That's crazy. It, is, it lead is used in so much. I know it's a point like a lot. The cumulative effect of, of lead in the human body sucks, right? It does bother yeah. you, but it's a natural occurring element. It's, extremely important in everything from batteries to munitions yeah and just we, think about it like we have to fight a war everyone bring in 
your your tackle boxes yep. and give us your lead weights. Every lead weight you give us is one bullet we can put down range on the enemy. Everyone, bring in your old beater cars that don't run anymore and mm. give us the lead weights on the wheels to balance the yeah. wheels. That's not how a superpower fights Operates. a war. No, it's how, but that's liberal mentality. That is what has been done. They were, they, those policies and those beliefs are what has, has made us unsafer down the road. Because if we can't use raw materials that supply our lifeblood, we will cease to exist as a nation. Yeah. And it, am I wrong here? I mean, I, I'm thinking to myself, you have to have the raw materials in order to do anything. I mean, we can't even harden our, our electrical system because we order all the transformers from China. Because we won't process the copper. We won't process a lot of the dangerous and, and polluting things in there. Well, unfortunately, you have to get those materials to make civilization happen. And I think we do it in a pretty safe way. I think of all people, U.S. has been pretty good about extracting those materials without making things a real problem. Here's a few here or there. You know, Aaron Brockovich, all those things where some of these companies were putting stuff yeah. in, out there. But for the most part, when you do it right, you just get access to materials. Yeah, I mean, there's gold everywhere. There's there's oil all over this nation. There's lead all over. There's uranium. Oh, there's no, a Josh, brand new Josh, lithium. Josh. There's lithium everywhere. Josh, Josh, Josh. It's bad for the environment if we pull oil out of Texas. But it's okay for the environment if we pull oil out of Venezuela. You have to understand this. Those those like few hundred thousand miles, that matters. That matters, to, Josh. To who? I'm joking. It makes no sense. I know. It I'm makes just, no I'm, sense. I'm going to the gymnastics with you. Like, who who, who cares? Like, who's this is making sense for? It's people who want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to be able to say to it's their the liberal, liberal mentality. Base, exactly. We've I shut down world. fracking in the United States, but then they have to turn to Venezuela, a dictatorship, and say, hey, we need your oil. Well, guess what? Venezuela doesn't care nearly as much about the environment as, as oil workers in the United States do. No. Not even close. No. Even those lead mines in other countries, imagine how many people are exposed to lead when they, yeah. some are forced to dig it up by hand, like the cobalt mines in Africa. They're oh, digging up cobalt by hand, right? Terrible. terrible. And it's a heavy metal. It poisons you the whole way. Yeah. So how can you say it's ethical to, to, to use that cobalt in this country when it's mined by essentially slave labor? Oh, you know, like if you look at the, if you look at an electric vehicle right now, the amount of pollution that is created yeah to make the electric vehicle when you take that plus the amount of pollution necessary to replace the battery at like 60, 70, 80,000 miles, which you wouldn't have to do on a traditional car that will surpass the pollution created by a, a gasoline powered vehicle over its lifetime. Yeah. Not even like, like not even including like the, the coal power plants that have to fuel mm -hmm. this electric vehicle. Right, once there's, it's out there's, there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, overall, electric vehicles produce more waste and produce more environmental damage than a gasoline car. It's all just to make people feel good. And, and some of these people get on their, their private planes and fly around and use all this stuff and enjoy it because of their wealth and, and their position in society. Hollywood's a great example. How many of those people get on their planes, jet somewhere, and then complain about yeah. how we need to protect the environment? But then, you yeah. know, they, they invest in these mines and then they, they fly their their, their expense, or drive their expensive cars, fly their expensive jets, get on their expensive boats, right? 
And, and how much of these batteries in these cars can we actually recycle? I mean, the wind turbines, we can't even recycle those. Yeah. And we're going to recycle a bunch of heavy they metals go, and batteries. They, I, see them, I see them driving down the road here yeah. in Texas. They're bringing them right to the landmines. Uh, sorry, right to the uh, landfills. Fills, landfills, yeah. Landmines might There's be. Bar- yeah, yeah. Oh, landmines might be more fun. Right. Um, they're just putting them right. They're burying them. They're burying them. And it's crazy because, what you know, generations, somebody might forget that out there. They build homes on it and suddenly, oh, yeah. We didn't realize that we we built your house on top of these these or the membrane the membrane that we used really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. it leaked into the water table and you all have cancer. No, it's it's real. Yeah, it's real. I don't want to get too far off it, but yeah. the, the the general takeaway is if we wanted to right now produce our own bullet, this bullet from scratch. Where did you put it? Where'd if you, you wanted it? to just produce the raw material of the just the copper the brass and the lead you could not do that from ore in the united states right now correct you just couldn't so just at the most basic level ammunition relying on recycling and international supply i want to get into the more complicated stuff yeah because this is the stuff that we can produce but it takes way too long and we'll probably never get back to zero, get back to baseline before Ukraine if we keep giving it to them. I showed you this, Josh, and you're I didn't see you, but I could tell through the phone that your jaw hit the floor. This is was, from the State Department detailing to date, almost to date, September mm-hmm. 21, 2023, detailing all of the munitions that we've given Ukraine. What what stood out to you here? The ones that really scared me were some of the antennas, like the high gain into the satellite antennas, right? Because that's really sensitive stuff. Uh, it was the Abrams that were in there. I mean, how many tanks do we supply? There were Bradley fighting vehicles. There was landmines. There was 300 million rounds of small fire ammunition and hand grenades. Yeah. I mean, hand grenades are, there's a lot of, of resources that go into hand grenades and ammunition. And that is that is a requirement that you can put bullets in soldiers' rifles, right? It's just not about the tanks. It's not about the, the big moving vehicles with large artillery. You have to have bullets and rifles. That number staggered yeah. to me. I, I, I'm at a loss for the rest because they're the ones that grabbed this me. Yeah, there, the there's one, all kinds of miscellaneous in there, too. We, we talked about this last show. I, I'm still flabbergasted by the artillery shells. Yeah. 198 howitzers, 155-millimeter howitzers, 2 million artillery rounds, 7,000 precision guided 155 millimeter artillery rounds. Do you know what those are, Josh? No. Those are artillery shells that they can fire off. And then once they hit altitude, the, right, once they hit like the, the uh-huh. zenith of, of its flight path, yeah. they have little computers in them that can aim them oh, at wow. the right thing. So you just have to kind of get it in the right direction. And yeah. then like a, like a JDAM, like a smart bomb, it can land at the right spot, even if you're off in terms of your trajectory. It's a smart round. They yeah. cost $100,000 each. They cost 100 grand each. 10,000 Javelin anti-armor systems. Yeah. 80,000 other anti-armor systems and munitions. 7,000 tube-launched, optically-tracked, wire-guided missiles. 
300 million rounds of small arms ammunition and grenades, laser-guided rocket systems and munitions. There's not a number on that one. It, Don't get too far. I, I, I was waiting to give you the math. Those 7,000 smart artillery shells yeah. cost $700 million? I'll make sure I get those zeros right. Yeah, $700 million. $700 million. And that's how much we paid for them the first time. And you know it's going to go up the second time when they make more of them. Three times the cost. And that's just for 7,000 explosions. That's it. And they're shooting them, they're shooting them at like at like Humvees. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're shooting them they're at not at, even targets that are important, most likely. Yeah, targets that cost less than a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and small arms. Small arms actually, it's gonna hurt us on the back end when in terms of taxes. But when the US increases production of small arms ammunition, it actually helps the firearm enthusiast. Because a lot of the ammo that gets onto the market in like the regular nine millimeter five five six, they are usually Lake City seconds. Mm-hmm. So Lake City manufacturing, they make the military contracts, and when they make ammo that doesn't quite fit the military standards, we get it. So when they have to ramp up production, it makes ammunition a little bit cheaper for us. But at the same time, we're paying for it either way, right? Yeah. We're getting hit twice. Getting hit twice. We gave it away, and now we're going to pay for it again. The worst worst part of this is that when you look at this valuation, put it back up on the screen. The valuation, since January 2021, the United States has invested. It's not invested if it's like... What's my ROI on this? They exploded. Like, the the artillery shells exploded. The bombs exploded. That's not investment. Um, 44.5 billion. And almost all of this has been since Russia invaded. 44.5 billion. The way they get to this is funny math. It's, Uh it's BS math. It's Hmm. designed to push the valuation low so that they can sell this politically. Hmm. 44.5 billion basically involves valuing this stuff. Like the new stuff, like I just talked about the hundred thousand dollar precision guided stuff. They can't escape that. But the bullets, they could say, hey, well, you know what? These bullets, they're 10 years old. So, yeah, they still work. But you know what? We're going to write it off. We're going to take a loss. We're going to basically value at, at 50 cents on the dollar. That That's the, the tricks that they do to get that number as low as possible so the American people don't have a heart attack seeing that how much we're giving them. Depreciate and, it. And then they come in and they say, oopsie-daisy. We actually overvalued it. So like when they run out of money, like Congress says, you can only give X number of billion dollars to Ukraine. They get to that limit and say, actually, we just looked it over and we think we overvalued some of the stuff. So we're going to fix that and we're going to send them even more. That's what the Pentagon did, saying that they overvalued the supplies we gave Ukraine by $6.2 billion, allowing them to give even more, even though Congress didn't approve that. Prove it, right? Because now you can give more without asking for for permission. Yeah. So wow. it, wow. it's crazy. It's crazy because when you see what we're actually doing to replace it, this was the first contract that came for Javelin missiles. As Josh mentioned, we gave them over 10,000 Javelin 
shoulder-fired rocket uh, missiles, basically anti-tank missiles. You can use them against helicopters, things like that, but it's basically low to ground. You you wouldn't want to do it at altitude. The javelin will shoot straight up, and then it'll come down on top of something. We gave them 10,000. In September of 2022, we basically signed a contract between Raytheon and Lockheed, who make it together, for $311 million to make us 1,800 of them. (laughs) 1800 of them yes so that puts the valuation at each one of these is one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars. when the pentagon gave it to ukraine they did not value them at one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars. how much was it how much was it i'm pretty sure they they valued it at under a hundred thousand dollars so you, you can't like you can't fake it too much right because this is a modern thing it's not like these have been sitting for decades but josh they didn't stop here because that was last september and they kept giving ukraine more and more and more 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 yeah so then let me make sure i got the the right one right here um they just signed a new contract for seven billion dollars seven billion dollar contract yeah so seven billion dollar contract will will manufacture a little less than four thousand um, what's the exact number? 3,960 will be made annually. This contract will run through 2026. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So th- 3,960. So let's let's do some, let, let, let's assume the best. Let's assume okay. 3,960 times 2023, 24, 25, 26 times four, right? That's 15,000. That would recover what we sent them, but we're not done sending them. Right, we're still in the negative. Right, we're still yeah. promising. So seven billion. What was mm-hmm. it? It was seven. It was seven point point, was it? point two. Seven two hundred. Which you know, it, those point twos when it's a billion is not that much money. You know, just saying. so just to show you mm-hmm. the valuation, I, I, I I'll put it on the screen just so people don't think I'm making it up. This was the first contract last year. When you take when you take thirty three hundred eleven million, you divide it by eighteen hundred, that comes out to one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars per per per. Jeff. What happens if you take that seven point two and divide it by best case four years of just shy of four thousand a year? That ups it to four hundred fifty four thousand a piece. What, what what am I missing here? Well, uh, what I'm missing is that when Americans needed aid, the best they could do was a couple hundred bucks. Remember, the best we can do is a couple hundred bucks. But we have no problem shelling out this kind of aid to a proxy war. And, and, and the cost is staggering. I Could you write down all the names of those defense suppliers so I can start buying some There's stock? Only, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's only two. I, I need one. to get some. I need it's to get some stock. Javelins. It's Raytheon and it's Lockheed. They work on it together. I guess they own different parts of the patents. Um, Interesting. So just so we're clear, again, Uh when the U.S. gave javelins to Ukraine, we valued them at under $100,000 a piece. When we signed the first contract to replace them, we valued them at $172,000 a piece. So automatically right there we were lying. And now that we are signing the other contract, we're valuing that at $454,000 a piece. Now – a That's lot of that staggering. goes to building up their production cap- capability so mm-hmm. that they can produce that many because they can't produce that many. 
But at the end of the day, that's how much we're paying for them. And we wouldn't have to pay for them if we didn't just give them away. Yes. So the real cost is the giveaway price of the original and the and, brand new yes. replacement. Well, no, no. The real, the real cost is how much we originally paid mm. plus how much we paid again. Because um, the giveaway cost is less than we paid. Yeah, that's that's not a real number. That's not a real number. It's not a real number. Like all these fudging. And we wonder why some defense budgets would come with these these really weird line items back in the day, right? I mean, how they've been doing this for a long time. And now that they can use it inside of a war, I mean, it, yeah. it's like being able to sp- unlimited money spend even after you've been told you only have X amount of dollars to spend. Oh, we'll yeah. find ways to make sure you get more. Don't worry about that. If I had counted that way, do you think my bank would be happy with that? Or, That's what like, they're accusing Trump of doing. Of telling you know, right? of telling the county tax official yeah. that his property is worth one thing and then yeah. telling the bank it's worth another thing. We all do that. Everyone who owns a home fights the county. Fight, fight, fight to get that tax bill as low as possible. doesn't yeah. mean it's fraudulent. Like right now I could sell my home for more than the county says it's worth because I, yeah. I put in the legwork and I argued why it's worth less. Um, it's not fraudulent. Like a lot of Trump stuff was because it's a historic property. So he negotiated, hey – I, you either give me the tax break or I'm going to tear it all down and make condos. Do you want this historic property or do you want the condos? Um, so they gave him tax breaks on that. But yeah. it's the same deal here. And even this is how this is how, you know, it's it's even funnier. It's funny money, but it's actually hilarious money because the Pentagon isn't hiding this. They admitted that the valuation they placed on this on this uh, weaponry armaments was less than it would cost to replace it. They admitted that. So then when they went to Congress, they said, hey, you know what? We just gave it all away. This is how much we say it's worth, but it's actually going to cost X number of billions of dollars to replace it. Well, now they're going back before Congress and they're saying, oopsie daisy, that number we told you isn't high enough. We need more. The money you gave us to replace it isn't enough. Never is. They gave them $26 billion to replace it. And only 1.6 billion remains, and this was this past week, and they're nowhere close to accomplishing what they said they would accomplish. Now, part of that is the price of everything has gone up, but also we're still sending Ukraine our stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the constant negative. We're losing it as we have it, and we can't replace it at a, at a rate that would that would. If we go into wartime, we can't replace it in time, and the cost is staggering. Like yeah. this, this could bankrupt the nation for, I mean, how do you come back from this, Max? This is, this is like a financial warfare that's being brought upon ourselves. Yeah. And then not only that, we, the environmentalist crusade that's out there to make sure we can't get the materials to, to fight this is, is, it's mind blowing. It's like a perfect storm of a crap storm. You know, and who wins? Uh, the big, def- the military industrial complex. Think about all that money they're making. They're making a ton sure. of cash off this. And they can go wherever they want in the world. They'll just find a new place to live and join the newest, most powerful government. And it doesn't matter to them. China wins too. They do. Like, if there's ever a time for them to invade Taiwan, I don't want to give them any ideas. But if there was ever a time to catch the military on its heels, flat-footed, it would be when the Marines are running around in desert camo because we don't want to pay mm-hmm. the real cost to make u- new uniforms. Mm-hmm. And where we can't even replace the ball bearings that it takes to make um, ship-to-air missiles. Yeah. I don't think Taiwan's a real target, though. 
Uh, they want I think it. that's a ruse. I don't know. I, they want it, but it would make more sense to make you think that they're going after Taiwan and they would actually be going after like Alaska. West Coast. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. 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 This is a New York Times article. Nice. Yeah. I put this through the uh, Wayback Machine because they, <laughs> they wanted a paywall. Um, from rockets to headline from rockets to ball bearings, Pentagon struggles to feed the war machine. And there's there's an anecdote here that I want to read because they talk about the artillery shells. They talk about the the, uh, the all that stuff. But I want to get to right here. OK, let me make it big so everyone can read it. So SM6 missiles, those are the backbone of naval uh, surface to air missiles so if if a plane's coming to attack a ship if if a missile's coming to attack a ship those sm6 missiles are what we go to there's no reason to have a shortage of sm6 missiles we haven't sent a single one to ukraine ukraine doesn't have any ships that can fire them but there is a shortage nonetheless and there's a couple reasons for that and i'll read it right here the shortcomings in the nation's defense industrial base are vividly illustrated by the shortage of solid rocket motors needed to power a broad range of precision missile systems, like the ship-launched SM-6 missiles made by Raytheon. It was the shortage of SM-6 missiles in particular that had Admiral Caudill fuming. They are used to defend ships against enemy aircraft, unmanned aerial vehicles, and cruise missiles. There are only two contractors today that build large numbers of rocket motors for missile systems used by the Air Force, the Navy, the Army, and the Marines, down from six in 1995. Wow. A recent fire disrupted the assembly line at one of the two remaining suppliers, Aerojet Rocketdyne, causing further delays in delivering the SM-6 and other precision missile systems, even as Pentagon orders for thousands of new missiles pile up. Wow. Rocket motors, a bane of my existence, continue to be a problem, Gregory Haynes, Hayes, Raytheon's chief executive, told Wall Street. He said the shortage would affect the company's ability to de deliver new missiles on time, and it was unlikely to be solved until probably the middle of 24. Aerojet is building the motors for older systems, such as Javelin anti-armor missiles and Stinger anti-aircraft missiles, which over 10,000 have already been sent to Ukraine. So, takeaway is, we haven't sent them a single SM-6 ship-to-air missile. But because we sent them so many javelins and stingers, there's only two companies in, two companies in the country that make the solid rocket motors for all of those precision-guided rockets and missiles. Because they are now forced to scramble to build new javelins and new stingers, they cannot meet production of the SM-6 surface-to-air ship missiles, leaving our ships vulnerable. Who does that benefit? China. China. And all it takes is a one little fire at one of those facilities to knock it down to just one manufacturer manufacturing. I mean, you don't think there's intelligence organizations that our enemies have that don't try yeah. to look into that and think to ourselves, oh, what would a little fire here do? Right? Yeah. Take down a whole facility. I mean, it's there's we have no redundancy. We don't have no manufacturing. We have no war production machine and it needs to change it needs to happen we we need to admin that it I was just needs to happen i was gonna play the video of this but we really don't have to this is from csis the center for strategic and international studies they have been doing war games uh oh, basically wargaming out what a conflict with china in the south pacific would look like 
and they've been doing it based on the reality of just how few munitions the United States has at its disposal right now. And what CSIS did is they ran a bunch of these war games, and every single time the United States was able to fend off the Chinese, but we ran out of ammo for these missile systems, for artillery systems, in a week. And because we ran out of ammo in a week, more Americans died. Mm-hmm. So that, those SM-6 missiles I was just talking about, mm-hmm. when you run out of those SM-6 missiles, it leads to more American jets being shot down, more American soldiers being killed because they can't take out all of the threats. So yeah, in their war games, we beat China, but it came at a very steep tens of thousands of American lives. Yeah. In large part because we ran out of ammo not like bullets for handguns we ran out of the actual armaments for these really intense complex weapon systems might as well you know sell off some of the strategic oil reserve while we're at at the same time to make sure that there's not enough diesel you know i mean that trump kind of replaced some of that and then boom we released a ton of it so talk about a perfect storm of just trying to drop our pants and take it you know, we have no none of these missiles to protect ourselves. We have none of the fuel to, to to fuel the war machine. We just can't throw a billion lives at it, right? I mean, we're we're outnumbered almost ten to one. If there if there's a ground war, and all we've ever said is that we've got a nuclear deterrent, we need we need to build a strong military. We need to go back to, you know, some of those Reagan esque moments where we're just building up our military. We we need the bullets. We need the munitions. But everybody's asleep at the wheel, Max. And nobody wants to do anything about it. We can't even kick in most of the things because we're not in an act of war. Yeah. How do you go how do you go to the refrigerator factory and force them to build tanks when the United States isn't at war? How do you go to Hornady, who makes yeah. fantastic uh rifle and pistol ammunition, and tell them oh, you're not going to be able to sell them for the market rate. You have to sell them to the government for a discount mm-hmm. and lose money. Why? Oh, we're not at war, but Ukraine's at war or Israel's at war. Mm-hmm. Right? You mentioned the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oh, yeah. Josh, that's gone. That's gone. Right now, we have like 14 days. If we needed to, we could we could keep the country running on a purely emergency basis for 14 days. And that is because Biden has sold it all to artificially deflate oil prices yeah absolutely past sales you can see that under trump 2017 16 million barrels 2018 um 18.9 plus 4 million 2019 15 million 4 million 10 million 16.7 oh all of a sudden we're into biden 38 million barrels sold in 2022 and then another one emergency sale emergency 180 oh. million barrels sold. Oh my god. We don't have a strategic oil reserve either. No. It's it's 14 days. And they're still selling it. They're still selling it off. Because they're doing it even more frantically cuz war in the Middle East is going to boost it up. I was shocked. I went out to get gas today. Gas was cheaper than when Israel uh started going yeah. to war. Yeah. It was... shouldn't be that way. The price of oil went up. Yes. So they're selling this off to deflate that, not for our sake, not to make our lives better, 
because traditionally when oil is, is high, the incumbent loses. Yeah. The incumbent party loses. So they start doing this at midterm time. They're selling us out for political reasons. They're yeah. selling out our safety for political reasons. This is the most dastardly administration. I've... The more you tell me this, Max, the more I'm thinking that we've been sold up the river by a yeah. bad group of people. Buy your yeah. ammo now. Buy your guns now. Get your ban. Get your medical. Get your meds. Yeah. Like if you're not a prepper, now is the time. To get camo out. now because <laughs> you can't even buy it. Can't buy it. Right? Um, Just wood to burn. I mean, yeah. This is crazy though. Like this is the United States of America, and we can't produce cruise missiles right now because there's a shortage of ball bearings. There's a shortage of the steel housings that they need to put the computers in. This is insane. We need. It's, we need it's this not stuff even back. like highly technical parts that are missing. It's this rocket motors. Rocket yeah. motors. Like I'm not saying it's all that much more complicated, but I can walk to Walmart right now. I can get rocket motors. Yeah. Obviously, these are much more serious, Different. solid sure. state rocket motors, but they're buildable, and there's a market. They're so easy to build. There's a civilian market for them. They're so easy to use. There's a civilian market for model rockets, right? Yeah. Estes rockets. So these aren't, we're not talking about like microchips that can only be made in Taiwan. No. And we can't do it because we're out of ball bearings. We're out of screws. We're out of bolts. And they're running around saying it's COVID, COVID, COVID. No, it's not COVID. It's and inflation. nobody's talking about it. Yeah. They're not even doing anything it about it. They're not even doing anything about it. They're, they're not even concerned. They're so concerned with these existential threats. They don't even realize that they're waking us here. And the only thing that's going to be an advantage is that we've been able to arm ourselves for so long. So, you know, at what point does it come to the average American to have to protect the country? Because that is the only thing that will save us. Maybe getting right with God. I'm going to say that. I'm going to throw that one out there, too. But, Max, I don't know. This is have, you ever seen, have you ever seen the movie War Dogs? Parts of it, yeah. It was a pretty good flick. I like this movie. It's um, Jonah Hill, Miles Teller. Yeah. They are, yeah, um, right. they, they have no business doing this, but they get into selling the United States weapons. So they, they get certified to basically fulfill U.S. government contracts based on a real story. And they see an order come across for like billions of AK-47 rounds. And they just bid low, 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 and they get the contract. And then they have to figure out how are we going to get all these AK-47 rounds? They buy a bunch of Chinese ammunition, realize that it's not legal to sell Chinese ammunition to the United States, try and launder it in different boxes and different bags to sell it off and get caught and go to jail. The moral of the story is, though, when we went to war in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, these guys could fulfill the military's need, right? Wow. Yeah. That's not the problem now. We don't need a bunch of, of uh, idiots, a couple of idiots to save the day. No, we need U.S. manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And U.S. manufacturing, the same reason the Marines don't have their camis. It's not COVID. It's not supply chain problems. It's mm -hmm. because com companies cannot manufacture them at the price that the government demands. Mm -hmm. See, this is the flip side of the coin. They're, they're more than willing to undervalue things when we're giving it away. But buying them, no, that they 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 need a deal, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're not willing to pay for what they're actually worth. So American Apparel can't build, can't manufacture it. 
because they can't pay anyone. Mm-hmm. Can't pay the overtime to meet the contract. And we have maybe a shortage they... of ball bearings, Josh. Right. And when your minimum wages start getting so high, there's 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 no margin on anything. Yeah. There's no margin. Right? And do there, you really want bankrupt? Do you really want military hardware being made by people working minimum wage? No, no. not at all. I do want to made by Americans, hardworking yeah. Americans, but I, I want to level people that are making, you know, sophisticated stuff. I mean, imagine the, the level of education that raises for everyone when you have to have manufacturing. Everybody has to learn math. You have to learn organization. I mean, there's so many societal advantages to manufacturing that it just blows yeah. my mind. And why did we get rid of it? Because they want to dumb us down. It's the lifeblood of everything, Max. The, people who work in manufacturing want too much freedom because they know that they are the lifeblood of everything. And that's the craziest part. Why get rid of it? All it does is artificially weaken. They, they've spent the last 30 years outsourcing everything to the point where we're just, we're hollow on the inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that can save us is us, like American business and getting real leaders in there to, to stop spending. I mean, they're, they're, Writing checks we don't even have money for. No, we're borrowing it from China. And borrowing it from ourselves. Yeah. So why? Why why is this government allowed to continue to operate in the way it is? Can we just start all over? I mean, we should. Yeah, the the tree of liberty needs to be watered every now and then, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, they're writing these checks. They're not just writing checks that they can't cash. They know they can't cash it. But they also know that they'll never have to, like, cash it. The average age in Congress, what is it, 70s, 60s, yeah. 70s? It's up there, yeah. right? So the vast majority of the people authorizing the spending will not be alive when the bill comes due. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm not hoping that they die or anything, but it's just a fact. They won't be here anymore. We, we all have expiration dates. They won't be around for when the stuff comes due. The sad thing is the younger members of Congress are just as giddy about the spending too. I don't, I don't even stop. They, nobody even considers cutting the budget, Max. There, No yeah. one even considers it. Yeah. Well, what happens if we have no money for anything and we have no budget? What will happen? There's a bill on Chuck Schumer's desk right now that would completely fund the military, the Pentagon, and give soldiers a raise. He is not putting it to a vote because when it comes time to fund everything else, he would rather shut down the government in order to make sure that Democrat priorities get financed. So he has a bill right now that that gets rid of all of the uncertainty. Military will never go without a paycheck. He has bills that would fund 70% of the government. It's just the 30% that, that they're arguing over. But they would rather hold off on that deliberately not pay for the military stuff so that he can use that one of two ways, use it for leverage to get what he wants. Right. But also put pressure on the Republicans who can't fathom the military going without a paycheck. Listen, no one should go without a paycheck. Right. But the road to hell is paved with those good intentions. We have spent trillions of dollars on bullshit and the people voted for it. Congressmen, senators voted for it because why? Well, we had to pay our military. So that's where we're at right now. That's coming down the pike. They're deliberately not voting on that so that they can try and get all the other bullshit that they want. That's coming. 
and all the numbers that we just gave you on how much this stuff costs in the next 30 days will become obsolete because they'll write new contracts and they'll spend even more once the next check comes in. Absolutely, because those contracts are only good for 30 days, meaning that if you don't sign it, you have to move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, what you said is that you boiled down the representative of, representation of Americans down to leverage. Mm-hmm. That's all we are, is, is leverage for political gain. That is what Chuck Schumer's doing. That's what a lot of politicians have been doing. You're just leverage. You're just a tool to be used. There's no service to the American people. There's no service to the Constitution. There's no service to their, well, there's service to their party, right? Because they're trying to leverage power for that party. But that's all you are to them is just leverage. You're just a resource to be spent. Can, I, can, about, I, can, I, can I play the Matt Gates fundraising speech again that we played? Yeah. Because it really, it really comes back around this time. Because when you think about this, they say that they're doing this so that the military gets a paycheck. But they, what they're really doing is they're giving more money to the military-industrial complex, the manufa- arms manufacturers that the lobbyists are taking them out to dinner. They're not in these. Me- they're not doing this for us, right? They're doing it, and and that's the that's that's the wonderful part about the military-industrial complex. They create things that are designed to explode. So then you need uh, need to buy more. I won't I won't play it. People can go listen to it from last time we played it, but um. He was right. You're, you're surrounded by people who are making decisions based on what the lobbyists want, not what the American people want. Mm-hmm. And it cannot you can no longer make an argument that we need to spend seven point one, seven point two billion dollars on javelins. Quadrupling the cost of a javelin. Also, we can give them away to Ukraine. You, you can't argue that anymore. I'll give you the final word as we wrap this up. I was fairly certain that the government serves me and I did not serve it. And when all of your, when all of you is just turned into a resource to be, to be manipulated, you're going to get really weird outcomes like wars all over the world and people dying, right? You have no real freedom. You're, if, if you're a resource, you're a slave to a system, you know, and it's run by an aristocracy. Yeah. It sounds really, really horrible when I say it that way, but it's true. What have you done to change it? I mean, what have we done? Who have we voted for? The same coin over and over and over? I blame all of you. That was the warning that Dwight Eisenhower gave on his way out the door. Lots of great presidential addresses as they were leaving office. Washingtons obviously don't don't do these uh, these don't go down the pathway of like monarchies and the encumbering alliances, things like that. Eisenhower's was great too. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It is on video. Um, I highly suggest you go watch it, read it. He is warning about the military industrial complex that it is controlling the United States, driving us to wars simply because wars means more profit. And this was a president who also was a general. He knows how the game is played. So that's everyone's homework. Go watch Eisenhower's farewell address. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast if you like the podcast gotta hit that subscribe button it's over there somewhere it's somewhere around here hit the subscribe button yeah hit subscribe to the podcast we're on rumble we're on youtube also subscribe to an audio edition even if you like to watch us live or watch us afterwards subscribe to the audio because you never know you might find yourself on a on a trip and if you subscribe it auto downloads to your phone and you can just listen as you're driving so that is on um, apple podcast spotify 
Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podbean. So all those links are in that description. Um, yeah, that's it for this edition of the podcast. Now is as good time as ever to buy more ammo. Stock up on emergency supplies. There is a link in the description. If you want to help support the show and stock up on emergency supplies, you can do so using promo code MAX at uh, PREPSOS. That was from my old show, but it applies to this show. Um, now, MAX is also a good a good uh, promo code. MAX. Easy, yeah. So max. Prep SOS. use promo code MAX. You get 5% off their uh, prices, and we do get a little bit of commission from that to help us out, help us grow the show. That's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I'm Josh Hammerling. Remember the fight to take back the country and apparently the world and the universe. Not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together. See you next time.